Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey, everyone. Jay Kevin McHugh, your host with the most. Having an awesome time with episode number four. I am going to talk today about one of my favorite topics. It's honesty. Just to remind you, the context is sheer clarity. Sheer clarity is about leaders who become crystal clear in multiple dimensions about themselves, about others, about their lives, where they're headed, their goals, the business, you name it. You need to be clear about it, and that's what we're here to do. In the sheer clarity model, we talked about three elements, trust, and honesty, and appropriate vulnerability, and today it's about honesty. That is the topic, and now in a moment of honesty, I want to tell you about Matthew Passy. (laughs) Matthew is easily one of the finest, greatest finds I've encountered in my career because he's the guy who's making this podcast happen for me. Say hi, Matthew. I can honestly say it is a pleasure to be here today. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I got to tell the audience a little bit about how we got together. We may have done it in the first episode, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But I had this idea about doing a podcast for a long, long time, and it started as a play, and then it turned to this. And I did some research, did a couple of interviews, And when I met Matthew, there was something about his style and his capacity to listen. And if you remember the last episode, we talked about trust. We actually talked about it in two episodes. And that trust, Matthew hit every quadrant. He's a good man. He's got the character that I'm looking for. He's honest with me. And he's also got a ton of competency. You're a big speaker at one of these big annual conventions, podcasters next week, right? Or is it two weeks from now? I don't know if I'm a big speaker, but yes, I will be speaking at a podcasting conference. Although by the time most of you hear this, it'll have happened already. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Sorry. We are in production mode. (laughs) Well, you got it. Thanks for being here, everyone. Matthew and I have been working together to sort of engage while we're doing the podcast. So don't be surprised if he gets surprised when I pull him into the conversation. You ready, Matthew? <laughs> are you ready? I am ready to go. We are talking honesty today. And of course, like so many of the topics that we're going to cover here on Sheer Clarity, it's not just as simple as honesty. There's components to honesty. And Kevin, you're going to break down what the three components of honesty are that we're going to talk about over these next few episodes. And then we'll dive into one of those today. You got it. Okay. So for my listeners, let's talk about honesty in this regard. Let's start with number one. We're in a work environment. I believe everyone comes to work with an idea about doing a good job. And that means everyone from the CEO down through the C-suite on down to somebody who's working on the shipping dock trying to get today's deliveries out. And everyone is making an effort to be successful. Honesty comes as a crucial part of this conversation. And what I've done is I've broken it down three ways, three different orientations to honesty. Here's the first one. 
And this one, by the way, is on the bottom of the emotional intelligence pyramid. Matthew, keep me in touch with that so I can explain it. But first and foremost, honesty has to start inside you, in your own mind, and in your own heart. The fundamental question I have for everyone I coach is, are you honest with yourself? Period. That implies that you know fairly well about yourself. I don't know how you can be honest with yourself if you don't have some understanding of yourself. And how do you get that? Well, in the case of self-honesty, you have to get it by being in connection with yourself and everything that's happening inside your head. Matthew, have you ever talked to yourself? (laughs) Yeah. A lot. While you're in that conversation, how do you know who's talking? Do you find yourself actually having a conversation that's not just one stream? It's like many thoughts coming at you. One side says this, another side says that. I mean, there you are kind of reviewing internally by yourself what's going on with your life or this current situation. I don't want to say it's as hokey or as corny as like the angel on one side and the devil on one side, but it does have a sort of two points of view, often discussion that's going on where one side of you says, you should do it this way. And the other side quickly retorts and says, no, that's not right. Do it the correct way or whatever that other side is thinking. It's not always that way, but it does happen a lot. What I like is the place that these kinds of voices get activated most vividly is basically when you're having a relationship problem with another person. It's one thing to be looking at a problem on a piece of paper and talk to yourself and you're babbling along about this way or that way. But where you really get self-reflective is when you're trying to have a connection with someone. We had talked earlier two episodes about trust, right? Once you've created trust and you've built trust, sometimes that trust gets broken, gets corrupted. It happens because we're human. You can't help it. And that will send you back into your sort of quiet space in your own mind, that's when you start talking to yourself. In the conversation, at least for me, when I'm in a breakdown, I'll talk about my wife first and foremost, the love of my life. When we disconnect, I end up back by myself having a conversation. I'm having a conversation about whose fault it is. I usually start with it's all her fault, but I work my way through and I'm beginning to be honest. And then I have to start admitting things about myself. And that process is a process called self-honesty. How do you take a look inside and get a grip on who you are? I mentioned the emotional intelligence pyramid. So for the listeners, just 30 seconds. Emotional intelligence has been around for at least 15, almost 20 years, started by a guy named Daniel Goldman. And he basically did some research and said, Emotional intelligence defined as the ability to know your own self, to have your own self-awareness. From your self-awareness, you learn to have self-management, and you have to do those sequentially. Once you've achieved that, that puts you in a better position to become far more socially aware and aware of others, not yourself, but aware of them and their emotions. And then finally, at the top is this relational management where you can handle both sides of the emotional tree. So it's the extent to which you understand your feelings and your emotions, and you can manage them, and you can use them in relationship. This self-honesty piece is at the bottom of the pyramid. Now, let's talk about how do you know if you're being honest with yourself? What's the first thing that has to happen 
for any kind of self-honesty to occur. Let me walk you through a couple of things first and foremost. Before you can even have a moment of self-honesty, you have to have a moment, and I mean extended moments, of pure silence, free from distraction. In other words, self-assessment and self-awareness require self-reflection. And when people are active in some respondent way to stimuli, whether I'm reading a book, interacting with text or email or reading or whatever, I'm talking to another person, it's always the front occupier of your thought process until you actually shut out all of that distraction. So you are alone with your own thoughts. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And I imagine self-reflection and self-honesty has all but disappeared for so many people because we now have this powerful computer in our pockets all the time that is always providing information, always providing stimulus. Social media is a great example. Most of the feeds on social media, they don't have an endpoint. They just keep going on and on and things keep getting added to it. Like you don't reach a bottom. And so there's nothing to say, stop, be bored for a minute, take a moment to self-reflect, to think, to enjoy the silence. It just occupies your time from one thing to the other. I can't remember the last time I was alone with my thoughts. And I think about the people who are really successful. They always talk about they meditate or they do yoga. They do something that allows the silence to be clear, to detach from everything else that's going on. Bingo. I actually spent a lot of my time in the C-suite as a coach, and it's probably the first thing I'm asking these folks I'm coaching. I said, so how much time during a day are you actually alone just with your own thoughts? And they just go, no, zero. And then I ask them a little bit about the relationship with their devices, and you know what? Here's the net. They go to bed with a device. They might even set the alarm with the device so the device is actually on the table. And if you don't know how to manage your notifications, even if you put your phone down on the bedside table, you can see the light when it goes on. And I've had guys tell me, if it goes on and they're awake, they pick it up and start working, answering emails at three in the morning. That's its worst case scenario. Here's worse, but not as bad. They go to sleep and they wake up and they pick up the phone. And the first thing they see is that little red circle with how many emails you have in. There are people where that number can be 200, 500. How about an inbox with 12,000 messages? Now, that's somebody who needs some skills about managing their mailbox. But in the end, the moral of the story is they get up, they pick up, and they're immediately engaged. Your brain goes, bang, I'm at work. And then they go to bed, occupied, and they put it down. If you want to call it meditation, that's fine. I just want somebody to give themselves 15 minutes a day, twice a day, 30 minutes total, where you sit still, turn the things off, close the door, close the blind, Get in your car. I don't care what you have to do. You need to close your eyes and you need to breathe. In those breathing moments, you just let your mind run 
like a ticker tape, right? These are thoughts. They just come in. Zoom. And all you do is watch them across the screen. They're coming in sentences. This is you now talking to yourself, and they're just zipping across, and here come the thoughts, and let them go. Some of them will come like zooming at you. Some of them you'll obsess with, but the objective is to let them go, let them go, let them go, focus on your breath. But as those thoughts are coming up, guess what's coming up? Stuff that you just don't otherwise think about. So the first order of the business in this self-honesty category is, have you set aside time to evaluate what's streaming in your consciousness? This is the narrative of what's available. This is where you are getting data. What's the data? The data is the story I am telling myself. Now, when you have trouble, when you have problems, when these relationships that are important to you, and it might be one of your key employees, it might be an executive, the first and foremost place that I want people to go is when there's a problem in a relationship, you have to ask yourself the question, to what degree am I culpable? That's a self-honesty moment. What is my contribution to this? Before I go and blame them, list them, talk to them, I need self-reflection time. I need to examine myself. I need to listen to the thoughts I'm talking to myself about. I will kind of relive the moment, relive the exercise, and then I have a decision to make. How much of this is true? How much of this is real? How much of this belongs to me? None of that is happening when you're active doing other things. It's only happening when you're still. That's why a lot of people will wake up in the middle of the night and they haven't picked up their phone. They lay in bed awake and that's when streaming starts. I struggle with this aspect of my life, of finding the time to self-reflect, of finding the time to slow down or whatever else you want to call it, I always feel like I don't have time to stop, that I'm so busy, that I'm so overworked, I'm so overwhelmed, I've got the kids, I've got this, and yet I'm learning more and more, and it's happening slowly, but it's happening that if I can stop and take that time, I will be better when I'm back on. So let's just use this for a moment. You do have a voice that says to you, I can't stop. I have to keep going. I have to do this. I have to do that. I've got the kids this weekend. I've got the kids this week. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I got this project. I got to call that guy. I have to, I have to, I have to. That is a voice of shooting that is part of your success. Keeps you busy. Keeps you moving. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. However, it is exactly the same thing, which if not monitored and not checked and not challenged and not questioned, that will prevent you from doing self-reflection. So the self-reflection here is, who is this? Where did this come from? Now I'm in part two about self-honesty. First is time, just sheer time to sit still and be quiet. And then the second part of that is, who am I and why am I the way I am? You have to be curious. It's called self-curiosity. 
Self-honesty, honest about myself, requires fundamental interest in how did I freaking come to be who I am? And why does this thing piss me off? And why does that thing not piss me off? And why do I this? And why do I that? Where does this come from? I'm going to talk about this in plenty of episodes. People need to figure out how to do a deep dive back into the past, walk down, put the pieces of the wreckage together to come up with why the plane crashed, figure out the high points, the low points, assess them, understand their imprinting on your entire psyche, and then come to peace with it. None of which happens without self-reflection and a desire to be curious. I have executives who I have worked with for a long time, two years, three years, and I'm still, still working with them to get them to maybe look back and self-honestly, be honest about the way things were when you grew up as a kid. Actually, what ends up happening in the self-honesty category It's not just gloom and doom and the bad stuff that happens. The stuff that happened, happened. I had this debate with my son. He's a very successful guy and very motivated guy. He's an athlete, played in the Super Bowl 43 with the Steelers. He's just one of those guys, right? And he's always been that way. He'd be getting frustrated with me because I'm asking deep questions all the time. He goes, Dad, that's a freaking waste of time. Why are you talking like this? Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Well, I try to explain it to him, but as I'm watching him now, he's in his mid-30s, he's starting to become aware that there are elements to him that are super high intensity. Those elements have brought him success as an athlete, took him to the top of the professional career, and it's also taken him to the top of his career. He's like his top sales guy, rose to the top of 500 guys as a top 10 guy. But I've actually now heard him recently beginning to be conscious and aware that the super intensity, which brought him so much success, has also brought some tension and some interesting things into the way he deals with people. So not everybody's going to come up to his standard. And now he has to be honest with himself that the way he rolls is not the way everyone else rolls. And if you try to hold everyone to that standard, you're going to burn out a lot of people because it's not the average. So he's beginning to say, okay, I'm conscious. He's the first guy who says, it's all true, but I like who I am. I love what it did for me. It's awesome. It's great. I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to wallow in it. I'm not going to revisit it. I just want to get better today. Well, okay, that's self-reflection. That's self-honesty. So being able to be still enough to hear all this stuff that's going on with you, then being self-curious a little bit about why I am the way I am, those are the first two things that have to happen. They have to happen in silence. They have to happen with healthy curiosity. And then finally, I guess, when you do start to reflect and you do start to get data and you start to look at and listen to your thoughts and your thought process, all these thoughts that come rolling through your mind, you need to stop and ask the question, are these true? Are these accurate? You have to actually ask yourself, am I being honest with myself? Am I admitting something? The first thing everybody has to admit is like, you're freaking human. You're not perfect. When we talk about appropriate vulnerability in this third leg of the stool, this is going to be a very important topic. I kind of apologize because I'm listening to everything that you're saying, but I'm also reflecting on myself and I'm 
assessing myself <laughs> and I'm wondering if I'm being honest with myself. So it's not that I'm ignoring you, just the opposite. I'm so ingrained in what you're saying that I'm like, do I do that? Do I do that? <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm hoping there's like 10,000 <laughs> listeners who, <laughs> driving around going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have a lot of work to do. I know I have a lot of homework in terms of finding these quiet times, putting down the phone, assessing myself, questioning whether or not I'm honest with myself about who I am and do the self-reflection because all of that is going to make a difference about how I'm able to be successful and how I'm able to work with other people. And that'll get to the next components of honesty that we'll cover in the next two episodes, which is honesty with others, which, as you stated in the beginning, if you're not honest with yourself, there's a great chance that you're not honest with the others. Because if you're bullshitting yourself, you're probably bullshitting Absolutely. everybody. And then also whether or not you can identify if people are being honest with you. Correct. And if you know yourself, you can easily identify when somebody is is pulling your chain or is not treating you with respect because you know the level of respect that you deserve. Bingo. And I'll leave you with this because I know we got to close this session up. I am a big fan of a woman by the name of Byron Katie, B-Y-R-O-N Katie. And she is a pioneer on this self- honesty stuff. And she's called it The Work. Her website is called theworkoneword.com. Just go out there and watch the videos of her process where she facilitates people who are listening to their selves talk, issuing statements about who they are, what they've done, creating judgments, and then walking you through a process which actually makes you say from the beginning, is this thought I'm having true? And then her second line is, can I absolutely know that it's true? And how do I know? And how do I react when I actually believe it's true? And then who would I be if it wasn't? And then let me turn this around and hear it a different way. It's a beautiful exercise for self-examination, testing yourself with self-honesty. It could be one of the most important things you ever do because you'll find you have thoughts that may be hurting you. They're self-limiting thoughts. How about, I'm no good. I'm not smart enough. And this process that she's kind of modeled will help people walk through that and come out the other end with a much different narrative, actually discarding that old narrative, which is such a healthy thing to do. And that's it, Matt. I will shut up for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Again, her name was Byron Katie. It's thework.com. As always, we will include a link to her work and anything else that we reference in the show in the show notes. And as always, thank you for joining us and thank you for following us on this journey. And if you're like me, thank you for sticking with us. Even if you got deep, deep, deep into yourself, you might have to stop, rewind and listen to us again because you were so busy self-reflecting. But thank you for joining us on this episode of Sheer Clarity. If you haven't yet, go to SheerClarity.com. That's where you can find the show notes that we talk about related to this episode. You'll find previous episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. You can follow Kevin and the show on social media if that's how you like to do it. And of course, you'll find just a host of other incredible resources that Kevin has put together over the course of his long career doing this kind of work that helps people become the consummate leader by attraction. Again, all of that happens at SheerClarity.com. 
Sheerpassion.com. He is J. Kevin McHugh. I am Matthew Passy, and we will see you next time on Sheer Clarity. Sheer Clarity.